review, y'all. Jump. The rest of the film. Jump. With my boy, John Hastings. John Hastings open his bitch. And that new Dylan got broke. Dylan got. So what you got? You know what it is. Come on. Ladies and gentlemen and non-binary people, what's up? I'm John Alpha. Whoa, that's right, guys. Nice. Welcome to the woke review. No longer are we just no longer are we just reviewing wrestling, Dylan. We're also reviewing uh, each other's wokeness. Let me rate your wokeness. Oh, very woke. You'd think with the uh, everyone falling ill to a disease. That kills people. Uh, ever that conspiracy theories would cease, but they are so much better. So much better. Bill, Bill Gates created a disease because he holds a patent on a one-world currency. Boom. Yeah. Duh. Also, you you know that <laughs> you know those protests that were. Uh, we'll cover one thing on coronavirus, and then we'll talk about something that actually matters. WrestleMania one. Uh, you know all those protests that uh, were like liberate, uh, liberate us, let, end the lockdown. All of them are traced back to one guy. Yeah, yeah, they're they're uh, and they're traced back to it's like a uh, the guy's wife is in the Trump cabinet. Yeah, right. I forget her last name. They're es- yeah, they're essentially astroturfing, which is making fake grassroots because the only way that Trump is going to basically stir up enough support to get reelected is through um, through rallies, which is why he keeps wanting to open up the country. Is my th- thought, and he's not going to be able to hold those rallies because that's just a giant Corona party. <laughs> Yeah, but I think he will, and then the the problem with the Trump thing is I think that, I don't know, I think most of his voters, uh, like a lot of them, are going to die. <laughs> like, it's like, if you want to go out and just get the coronavirus, I don't say a lot of them are going to die, but some of them are just going to die. Yeah. And that's bad. I mean, you can view it that way. I, I remain neutral on the fact. I don't know. I think he's still going to get in. I don't think you can run a political campaign that's about someone else being shit. You need to run your own campaign about how great you are. I 100% disagree. Okay. I 100% disagree. I mean, because it's we don't know what world we're in. We're not, like, it's just, it's different. The President of the United States said, inject bleach into your arm. And then the next day was like, mega lulls, everybody. Thousand apologies. Yeah, but, but when his original campaign, his original campaign, the slogan, the slogan was, uh, Mexicans come over here to rape. Some, I guess, are okay, but most of them rape. Yes, but the other thing is, and then he, and then everyone was like, you know what? I like that. But the difference is, we had, the campaign hasn't started. We don't know what Joe Biden's campaign is yet. He's still, he's, they haven't started the election campaign. Like I understand your point. Two more minutes on Trump. That it's like, well, they're he's they're, they're running a campaign where he's shit. And it's like no one, they haven't started the Joe Biden election campaign. He's still getting ready to run they haven't started the campaign because the democrats are like oh we need to actually deal with coronavirus we're waiting and by the summer then they will start and then we will see who's right i just i truly just believe that trump he got he won by six thousand votes that's not many votes and i truly believe that trump has at the very least a lot of old people have died and a lot of mexicans and black people and women have become 18 and that might be enough to swing it because all that needs to happen is the democrats need to win in one of four states and trump needs to win all four i don't know i uh i have no hope but you know what a guy who probably will be instrumental and will be elated 
Actually, either way, Joe Biden's a touchy boy, too, so either way, he'll be pumped. Vince McMahon, oh, yeah. the man who put together WrestleMania 1. Either way, Vince McMahon is congratulating a white man who likes to just walk up and give no-ask, no-reason massages to ladies between the age of 18 in one day and 20 in one day. Anything else? Yuck. <laughs> Your skin is dusty. You're a dusty girl, Joe Biden has been known to say. It's true. I heard him say that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dylan and Joe go to the same keep oils in your desk for no reason store <laughs> oh yeah buddy you gotta oil up that desk of course you gotta make sure your oils your desk has got a nice poxy sheen on it from when you're writing your papers or just staring at your own reflection with mouthing the words i am king now uh <laughs> it is wrestlemania one Ooh, i watched all of wrestlemania one before uh this episode i have to tell you i watched it as a kid and remember it being boring as fuck it is so much more exciting than current wrestling. The crowd is so into it. Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, watch WrestleMania 1, everybody. I'm going to just do two th- a couple of takeaway thoughts, and then we will talk about the business and the brilliance of Vince McMahon. Ricky the Dragon Steamboat makes essentially a match that's just a headlock really exciting. It's fucking crazy. You could totally see why Hogan was worried about Ricky the Dra- Steamboat, too. Because 100%. he is juicy he is juicy oh, in this right there. you could spread him on toast and still have room to feed your kids if you wanted to feed your kids come he's a beefcake and i'll tell you this he's exactly who hulk hogan pretends to be that's where it's that's like very- i love my family vitamins well vitamins are clearly steroids but whatever everyone was on steroids but he actually was like can i get time off i have a newborn son and vince mcmahon puked on the floor and then just took out a gun and said five seconds you run or i shoot yeah but but vince mcmahon was also when he said that wasn't sure if he was going to shoot himself or ricky he was just so angry do you uh and then uh the first thing that actually happened when hulk hogan his son was born he handed it to vince man he's like choose it brother lives or dies what do you think's better for the business and then vince mcmahon just started crying and he's like that's why i love you terry <laughs> that's why me and linda would have had five kids but three of them were not cost effective <laughs> yeah he did it like that martial arts movie for all every single kid he uh laid down a figurine of a wrestler and a ball and if they chose the ball then he shot them on the spot <laughs> yeah they had to crawl towards one <laughs> he cut off three of their heads bear in mind that was when they were one day old and had basically no vision it was just luck of the draw yeah <laughs> exactly um, but vince and stephanie chose the wrestler yeah and linda uh linda chose the re- or, St- or shane chose the wrestler and then eventually was like, actually, I don't like this because there's a better way to actually build this wrestling figurine. And then his dad was like, oh, what just came out of your mouth is not weak, but it sounds weak because it's coming from a man I've seen cry for one year of his life. Uh, I was an uh, infant, not an excuse. When I was an infant, I did not cry. I just sternly shit every time I disagreed with <laughs> what you would call mother, but what I call weak person did something I did not like. Now, Ricky the Dragon Seaboard absolutely is a threat. Matt Bourne in this uh, looks like he clearly drank and drove to the arena. Like he looks, he looks, I've had too many beers to be stood up tired. Um, Captain Lou Albano is full on just drinking a beer when talking to Mean Gene Okerlund. Um, mm-hmm. Andre the Giant. Well, it's party time. It certainly is. Time to get fucking cut, bro. Woo! 
this is the only time I've ever seen Barry Windham look alert. Um, and what was my final takeaway? The notes are too far away. Um, the whole structure of the show is a stroke of genius. And you can see this is the place where every idea Vince McMahon had that was clearly Vince McMahon's worked because no one else in the wrestling industry would have thought to do these things. So let's start with it. The first thing that happens is you are constantly being told everyone's fucking name, who they are, why they're important, why you like them, why you hate them. Gorilla Monsoon and Jesse the Body Ventura do a fucking amazing job off the top. They are so fucking informative. Jesse the Body Ventura, by the way, was very nervous. And you can, if you knowing that fact, listen back. He sounds nervous as fuck, which really is impressive because this is a guy that told a soldier to open the gates because he's a former governor. But talking about fake fighting at one o'clock in the afternoon really made him nervous. Well, that's the other thing is he's not a full heel on this yet. He's actually pretty he's actually pretty right down the middle and Gorilla Monsoon agrees with him most of the he's time. He's right down the middle because it was way he, and he talks about respecting the bad guys. That's the the that's, it's such a great way of how he talks about Roddy Piper is he just he's like this man's dangerous. This is a I don't care what you say about this guy. This guy is dangerous and you have to respect him. Um the other thing that Gorilla and Jesse do and this is a fucking stroke of genius and this is such a Vince McMahon idea is they drop in all of the rules to wrestling throughout the match. Every match, they at some point find a way to explain why you can't do that, that the referee should interfere. Basically, they keep just spoon-feeding all of the information for all of the people that they that are watching this at home. Because quick background, this is a giant closed-circuit event that goes around the country that they thought was going to be a financial disaster, and it just turned out that people went as a lark. Basically, they saw the war to settle the score. Yes. We're like, ooh, Andy Warhol likes this. We might as well go. And it was the afternoon. It was from one, it was one in the afternoon, um, New York time is when it started, which means that it's what? Fucking 10 a.m. 10 a.m. Pacific. Pacific uh, 11 a.m. Mountain. So it's all of that like, this is a fun thing to do in the middle of our fucking Sunday. And then we can go on with the rest of our day. There's no ba there's basketball to compete with. There's no football and there's no baseball to compete with. This is fucking huge. Hockey would have been on at night. There's no other sports to watch. It's a cultural phenomenon. All of that is Vince McMahon's genius. The fact mm -hmm. and the only fact is they didn't think that those the closed circuit was going to pre-sale, so they thought they weren't going to recoup the money from that because they overspent on the actual event. And it fucking sold out like gangbusters. And everyone talked about how this was the only culturally significant WrestleMania. He's tried everything else to recapture this. This is his crowning moment. This is the birth of his child. This is the same adulation he felt without any of the problems. Everything went off without a hitch. Bruiser Brody supposedly could have been in the audience waiting to attack Hulk Hogan. Um, which is fucking crazy. Um, like it's, you mean they were going to sign Brody or they, the NWA wanted a tough guy to come in and really hit him in the, in the supposedly the same conversation that was about how we should have Vince McMahon killed was also we'll pay Bruiser Brody to buy a ticket and rush the ring during the main event. But then Brody would just be they would just get the camera off of him. This is the thing. You don't really know. You just see something happen. Wrestling promoters are so fucking stupid. There's so many UFCs where there's a huge fight in the crowd and you hear a fight in the crowd and then no one like pays attention to the fight in the crowd or even the ECW XPW where that whole thing went ha went down it was like they just 
switched the camera and ignored it, and no one no- knew what was happening except for like the two thousand people there. Yeah, or but it's also Muhammad Ali was outside the ring. I don't care what anyone says. Where it's like, ah, uh, Brody was Brody was a real tough guy. Here's what would have happened: he would have jumped, and then Muhammad Ali would have looked at him and been like, "That's a white boy I've always wanted to punch." Actually, no. Muhammad Ali's a wrestling fan. He would have known exactly who that was and would have been like, oh, cool, I get to punch Bruiser Brody. And then Bruiser Brody would have been knocked the fuck out by Muhammad Ali. I don't think so. I think it would have been way more boring. Here's what happens. Bruiser Brody jumps the railing. People beat him with uh, with uh, nightsticks. Oh, the, oh, oh my God, you're absolutely right. Security guards just grab his arms and then beat him up, and he tries to hulk up, but he's a man and he's not four men, and then he gets dragged out. No one who's a millionaire is hitting anybody. You're absolutely... I totally forgot that there was NYPD surrounding... Like, 1980s NYPD. NYPD? <laughs> like, there... Yeah. The he, Punisher. Frank Castle would have stabbed Bruiser Brody. Like, like it would have just been... <laughs> the only guy to jump the railing and be like, oh, fuck, that guy's jumped the railing would be New Jack, because you know he's bringing weapons, and he's probably, like... Oh, he's on all sorts of cocaine. Yeah. And he's on enough blow that he just won't feel what you do to him until hours later. Yeah. Oh, that's a very good... I didn't even... And it's also... This is 1985, height of the... Like, right before the NYPD corruption probe, where they were literally like, oh my God, all these guys are drug dealers. And they're like, yeah. (laughs) Like, man, like all of them, for sure. All of them are drug dealers. (laughs) To a man. Oh, shit. Yeah, wow. Yeah. One, One station house they couldn't take down... For three years, because the one next to it, all of the cops went to jail for doing burglaries. And how they do the burglaries is they would walk to the firehouse and say, hey, can we borrow a ladder and an axe? And they'd be like, why? And he's like, ah, we're cops. I don't know. And they'd be like, all right. (laughs) And then they would go and burglar like entire apartment buildings, bring the ladder and the axe back. And they'd be like, why is this covered in glass? And they're like, "Ah, we found some glass to break. I don't know. And then, like, then literally, like, Internal Affairs just was like, what was like, the only way you could get into uh, that apart, that, that, that window of that building is with a fire ladder. Go to the firehouse. Hey, any of you guys got corrupt? No, the cops keep borrowing the ladders, though. All right. Well, that's who did that. Like, oh, it's fucking amazing. Yeah. Now I really wish <laughs> Bruiser Brody had done that because then Bruiser Brody would not, the story, how they would have justified it is it's like, Oh, Bruiser Brody, he, he would have been killed anyway because I guarantee those cops would not have used nightsticks. They would have been like, oh, I mm-hmm. guarantee that Irishman back there will give us some money for the cause. And they would have just shot Brody five times with a silencer. And then years later, it would have been like, oh, uh, we thought Brody was a black guy. Well, this is what the this is what you see a lot, especially in the main event, which we'll talk about later, uh, is revisionist history with every single wrestler. But before we talk about the main event, of course, we're going to talk about the build up to WrestleMania. We talked about Holy last week's war to settle the score. Vince McMahon coming up with WrestleMania as a concept. He's on a two day vacation. The idea for WrestleMania springs into his head, which I think speaks more to the fact that Vince McMahon should take vacations more often because I do believe this. Vince McMahon is old and crazy, yes, but he also just... He, you need to rest. Yeah, he's tired. And that's how you come up with ideas. Yeah, he's a sleepy boy. That's yeah, exactly. What, actually, his ideas are that of a tired man. Uh, uh, <laughs> I fight God, and then uh, lesbians make out, yeah, and then uh, we have a fucking uh, streaming service. I think the streaming service is a good idea. 
It's just the way they did it is dumb. Oh, it's impressive how bad they did that. Uh, we have every we have every foot we have footage of every wrestling federation ever. We should just put that all in a library and then create content around each of it and documentaries for each of it that are corresponding that are done serialized. They would have been the UFC plus uh, way more money, but instead they went all WWE Network and undercut their value so hard. They kind of like thought, because the UFC thought about this too, where it's like, we're losing so much money to pirating that why don't we just do a streaming service so people are like oh fuck it's 10 bucks so who cares let's just do it that's exactly it but the way actually but actually the way that they're paying for it on the back end is that nobody gets more money for the network do you know what i mean like you the rock would get money if they sold a certain amount of pay-per-views there's no one who's like that's something that they asked the ufc the dana white that when fight pass which is their streaming service came out is one guy asked so if I if there's a guy who gets his fights watched uh, a a bunch on the service, does he get extra money? No. And then then the, he just got he just went to another person's question. <laughs> of course, Dana like again Dana White is Vince McMahon almost of the WrestleMania time. It's like, will anyone be getting more money for this thing that you had nothing to do with? Bald man who keeps importing snow to Las Vegas. Fuck you. Fuck you. You're bad journalist. You're bad. Bad. Someone kill Ariel Hawani. I want Ariel Hawani dead. <laughs> uh, Ariel Hawani yeah, exactly. did not ask that question, nor is he here. I said fucking kill him and bring me his skull for me to fuck. Oh, yeah. I'm surprised Ariel Hawani was on WWF or WWE on uh, Monday Night Raw as a backstage interview. I'm surprised they didn't like rename him from Ariel Hawani like Chad Anderson. No one knows what Ariel means. No one knows what Hawani means. Yeah. By the way, Rob Gronkowski, you're Rob Gibson now because Gronkowski is too long a name. What's your name? Oh, I'm Mario Lopez. I was on Saved by the Bell. Oh, cool. Pleased to meet you, Mark Lee. What's your name? <laughs> <laughs> Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh, cool. Al Stevens. Yeah. Pleased to meet you. Yeah, you got white names, all right? Vince McMahon runs his wrestling organization for those who don't get the reference there was like renee young is renee paquette and for sure he was like no one knows what a paquette is yeah he runs it like 1930s hollywood where he's like write down what race you are and then burn the piece of paper because you're not an individual you are a white wrestler bear, now. like bear in mind colt cabana made the mistake in his interview of saying i'll be like a funny jew like uh like uh seth rogan like a fun like seth rogan yeah and all this man heard was jew that's funny. You're bad. Jews are bad. Like, do you understand that who were... No, he was like Barry Horowitz with props. I mean, that's... Ins- that's what he saw. That was his only reference for a, a Jewish <laughs> man is Barry Horowitz. <laughs> Listen to Barry Horowitz's theme song. <laughs> it's not... It's, it's literally just like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you happen to be in New York at one point in your life and walk through a Jewish neighborhood, you'd hear that song, and that's what happened to Vince McMahon, and that's why he picked that song. Yeah. Vince McMahon knows one thing about every race, and that is all of their characters. And it's actually the same thing, which is, I do not like them. That's the thing with Vince McMahon you have to remember. <laughs> he knows that he is a distaste for them. Yeah. Um, I don't like any people that eat food with their hands. That's all people. Exactly. So... Let's let's put all the cards on the table here. He probably just t- t- he's probably just copying Starcade, but Starcade was very important because Starcade showed that you could have success with a wrestling mega show, and he's uh, he's copying what he did with the Evil Knievel jump 
and the other closed circuit failures that he's had before the Ali. Ali and Oki, from a money standpoint, wasn't a failure. It was a failure in the ring. Yeah, it was for a sure. failure critically. It was a you'll never be able to do this again in that yeah, way. But this is but this is the thing. He's already got a relationship with Muhammad Ali, so he can get Muhammad Ali for this event. These two failures, Evil Knievel and Ali Inoki, are instrumental because the other thing is no one in that audience in WrestleMania is thinking, isn't this the dude that did Ali versus Noki? He rebrands himself again and gets a completely clean slate with something that he already has a toe in and gets another shot at his huge big event that he's always wanted to do. And this is why WrestleMania 1 is why I guarantee Vince McMahon started the fucking bodybuilding league. He started the XFL. It's because he wants this feeling again. He wants the feeling of, holy fuck, is this going to succeed? Holy shit, it did. This is amazing. And it's it's a hair it, for sure. This is the heroin rush that Vince McMahon has been trying to recapture for his entire life since this moment. Now, I'm sure putting W like in his eyes, putting WCW to business, even though that was probably more about a merger. We are not businessmen is probably the closest he gets to it. But make no mistake, this is fucking, this is, he's on top of the world. He's fucking storing up all the cum from this for the rest of his life. He has a jar on his goddamn mantle that says, come from WrestleMania 1. <laughs> and it's overflowing. And he gets people to fucking moisten it so it's still wet every day. Drink the cum. Drink it. Yeah. <laughs> no, no one gets to drink the cum. Triple H got to drink the cum when he married Stephanie. He got to drink a taste of it, and he had to pretend it was good because Vince was like, this is the ultimate. Now I'm going to give you the ultimate compliment, and Triple H is like, oh, my God, am I running WWE? And he's like, drink some of this cum. Here's a little thimble. Yeah. It, Here's a little thimble of it, Paul. You don't get to drink it out of the Hulk Hogan glass. That's, on, that's only for me. <laughs> Here's your junkyard dog mug. Yeah. <laughs> you'll build up to the Hogan glass. You'll notice it's broken because just like the JYD, I broke it when I heard JYD died because as you know, I don't believe that people can be killed in car accidents. <laughs> so obviously we've heard this a million times. Howard Finkel comes up with the name WrestleMania. He was so attached to the name the Colossal Tussle that apparently this is how he was convinced to not do the Colossal Tussle. George Scott, the booker at the time, got up and said, Oh, the Colossal Tussle. The Colossal Tussle. Doing an Im imitation of Jim Barnett. And, of course, it basically just doing an impression of a gay guy going, The Colossal Tussle over and over again. And skipped out the door. And then Vince was like, Fine, we'll call it WrestleMania. Which I'm surprised no one has done before. Or since, sorry. Because all you gotta do is a uh, offensive impression of a gay man saying the thing he's doing, and then Vince McMahon will probably do the opposite thing because he is a bully. What's even crazier is which is fantastic. Is Jim Barnett is working there at the time. Yeah, well, Jim Barnett is well, Jim Barnett. It was a gay man in the '60s and '70s. <laughs> Me made fun of to his face is his livelihood. He just probably had a doll that he squeezed, and he's like. That's for later when I own you. No, no, I understand all of that. You have to make like you have to remember. Jim Barnett was working, may have been in the room when George Scott, or yeah, George Scott was going colossal, like colossal, my colossal tussle. Like Jim Barnett could have been st stood in the room. He was employed at the WWF at that time. It's just crazy where it's like, aha, Jim, you handed me the keys to the kingdom. I own the NWA because I own their TV. But first, this asshole is going to mock your life. It's just nice to know I could be WWE world champion just by walking into a room 
and being like, I think I should be world champion. He'd be like, who are you? Be like, ooh, who am I? I don't know who you are, but you got what it takes. You're the champion. Oh. Thank you. We <laughs> would be, we would be. Ooh, ooh, I'm Vince. Dylan shouldn't be the champion. Ooh, I sit when I pee. I don't sit when I pee. Here's the title. Yeah. <laughs> we'll say you won it off air. Someone get Brock Lesnar. Someone tell him that he's dead because I've just replaced him <laughs> with the new alpha. <laughs> Ooh, that's all you got to do. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know you were gay, Vince. Are you gay? No, I'm not gay. I'm not. How dare you? <laughs> I am not gay. He starts crying. Yeah. My brother's name is Rod. That's as gay as it gets for me. His name might as well be Penis. He's gay. I'm not. My name is Vince. Vagina McMahon. <laughs> Penis McMahon. No, it's not. I'm straight. No, it's not. No, you're not. Yes, I am. No, 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 no. <laughs> I'm straight, though. Please. How many more harassments do I need to do? It's basically, I like, and you've absolutely nailed it because this is basically who um, fucking, like, this is how Shawn Michaels was able to get away with all of his shit is, like, he just bullied Vince. Of course. Yeah. But Shawn Michaels had, we'll, we'll talk about that in many episodes to come, but I think Shawn Michaels had a bit of that fucking, what's his name? Vince's favorite wrestler, Dr. Jerry Graham. I th Shawn had a bit of Dr. Jerry Graham in him where it's like, ooh, this guy's a piece of shit. Daddy likes. Yeah. We'll talk about the build, which we talked about, but we didn't talk about explicitly after the war to settle the score, which was a major contributor to WrestleMania 1 selling so well. Uh, they hired the PR firm. And, of course, they get on some very, very high-profile stuff, such as Late Night with David Letterman, Vince McMahon was on, and Hulk Hogan and Mr. T host Saturday Night Live on March 30th. And uh, the PR firm was Bozell and Jacobs. They did a great job, obviously, selling the event out. I'm wondering what PR firm Vince, uh, Vince uses now, although he probably just has people to do PR specifically working for his company. But this, PR, this uh, Bozell and Jacobs, you can't really... Argue did a bang up job and Richard Belzler uh, being choked out by Hogan and Dave Schultz slapping up John Stossel. These are like, these are two things that get, they're just like by any means necessary, get, get some fucking buzz going it's about all, wrestling. It's those two things. Plus they ended up, someone was sick and they ended up hosting Saturday Night Live the night before. So it's literally like Dick Tempersall and Vince McMahon are clearly talking about. That's when Vince came up with COVID-19. <laughs> yeah. He just released it. To try and destroy AEW, where it's like, we'll just cut off the revenue source. I can just fire everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know the president. I know what to do. Yeah, like, of course. It's <laughs> yeah, it's fucking... Vince McMahon is... And it's what is amazing is I guarantee that this is this is a potentially another Brett screwed Brett moment where he does not understand why he's the bad guy. Like, he's... I guarantee walking around being like, but I need $500 million in cash and debt. <laughs> But I deserve it. I've already got a lot of money, and then you get more money. I just want all the money. I'm the genetic goddamn jackhammer. I guarantee he's like, walks up to Jeff Bezos, and he goes, "This guy has how much? This guy has like nine times as much money as me. I don't care about that. Look at, look at, I could beat the shit out of this little guy. How about this? I beat you up. Now it's mine. I, That's not how it works. Oh, isn't it? I guarantee that the reason why the WWE Network won't be on uh, Prime is because Vince will be like, um. Couple of things you just need to, of course, acknowledge. Uh, just need to change the name of Amazon to WWE Presents Amazon. Um, <laughs> uh, I think I'll have you know we sold out the garden in 1985, so you're gonna fucking do it, Bezos. I think he's just gonna go to like the lowest, the person who's got 
a lot of money, but their shit isn't working out, and then just be like, this much money for our library, and then for to rent our library. We have a million. We have a million people that subscribe just for our library. You can just get those users, and they're like, okay, and then they fold, and then. But it'll be Vince. Just it'll be does the same thing. Um, it'll be either Disney Plus or Amazon Prime will take the network, and they will adapt it. Exactly, is it's a huge amount of uh, users, and either one of those. Probably Disney Plus even is more likely because Disney Plus uh, needs to make sure that they have a shitload of users. And it's depending on who you ask. They're not doing nearly as well as they should have, especially during the COVID-19. Yeah, and especially the fact that Walt Disney was a racist. Walt Disney was a racist who loved the Nazis, which Vince likes, but also Jeff Bezos treats his workers like shit. So it's really just like oh, a rock a, and a hard a place for Vince. It's a fucking toss-up for which, guy, which piece of shit is going to get along with Vince. Although Walt Disney did not believe women could draw original drawings, so I think he'll go with Disney. I mean, that's where, this is a great point. And he, also, and he also had a list of rules women had to abide by. So yeah, I think we're, <laughs> I think we're the official wrestler review guess is Vince McMahon <laughs> goes with Disney. Um... So John Stossel uh, was slapped up by Dr. D. David Schultz. That was three months before yes, WrestleMania. And but then, and and the reason why it happened was uh, John Stossel was running his mouth about wrestling being not being fake, and for some reason John Stossel decided to do it beside a man who doesn't seem like he blinks and has the hair. He has the the hair on his head looked like the pubic hair of a dog, and John Stossel for some reason was like. Oh, I better ask this guy a question that's antagonistic, because in no way will this man who's muttering to no one in particular hit me. <laughs> I just bought a car, and then I called the car a pussy, and I sunk it in the goddamn lake. Let me um, tell Dave, so you, Stoss, why I don't like New York City. Yeah, it's the only kind of tunnels I like going to are pussies. Subways are fucking not straight. <laughs> John Stossel and uh, of course Belzer being choked out by Hogan phenomenal and Belzer of course was choked out by Hogan because Richard Belzer noted cokehead and real weird guy I have friends that have interacted yeah. with him and apparently he he's one of those guys that says things like uh, you know my wife's done softcore porn <laughs> my wife's hummed a couple stomachs I'm pretty cool yeah I want you to know that I've I, and this is from an actual interview. I'm one of the few married men that's jacked off to a naked photo of my wife in a magazine. And it's just like, no, Richard, you're one of the few people that was like, uh, I know how to hold it over your head. Uh, I, I have a hot wife. When it's like, no, man. Yeah, yeah, he's a, he's a visible creep. Yeah. You hung out with Ice-T. Everyone knows Ice-T is cool and you're a piece of shit. Could Ice-T be you? Could you just be replaced by Ice-T? And his wife, Coco, who got kicked off of Instagram for Tit Tuesdays. Or is it Twitter? It was either Big Ass Mondays <laughs> or Tit Tuesdays that she got kicked off of social media for. Because she just full on just was like, here is my ass. Here's my cleavage. Cool. Also, if you ever want to laugh, Ice-T will talk about rules of keeping a wife. And I got to tell you, I don't think any of them work. <laughs> <laughs> First of all, every day when they don't see it, push them over from behind. Push them over, let them know they're on the ground. You say, that's because me. That's because me, I'm better. They you, say, what? How could you treat me like this? That's when you, you guessed it, grease up the floor, they slip and fall. I mean, this is, okay, this is somehow, and you'll never believe this. This is both, 
That's both inaccurate because it's not it's way too misogynistic and yet not nearly creepy enough. For example, mm -hmm. he's like, when you're walking with your woman, you walk behind her so you can look at your look at her ass. Look at it. Gotta look at that ass. <laughs> Be happy that that's your ass. And then what you do is you you just whisper all the things you're gonna do to her when you get home. You don't have to do them, but you gotta whisper so she can hear and maybe other people can hear. So they know you want to fuck your wife. And you're just like, Ice-T, you have made a lot of people uncomfortable in public. <laughs> so Mr. T ran up $22,000 of expenses in the WrestleMania week. This is obviously already when Vince McMahon... Because he's fucking nervous as shit. He's a television actor. He was a bouncer who won a competition and then was in one movie and then one TV show. He's like a pop... He's the Scott Kahn of the mid-80s. I don't... Th I think that Mr. T really believed his shit and Piper was doing all he could to intimidate him but Hogan was probably just being like not actually going to do anything this is the weird thing about Mr. T is I don't think they'll be I mean I wasn't alive back then and lucid so I don't know but the best is I the way people are kind of explaining it it's this like it's this great mixture of no one really knows how fighting works so everyone just thinks Mr. T could actually beat someone up and he's going into wrestling which is like the thing that people they know it's fake but like they're willing to believe Mr. T could beat someone up I'm trying to think of an action star who would kind of portray the same thing maybe Van Damme would be closest yeah I see what you're saying he could, it feels like he seems like he can back up what he's saying it's the same thing as wrestling where it's like exactly it's it's exactly like wrestling where it's like i know that shit's fake but this guy looks like he could beat the shit out of someone and i'm sure that also it must have been weird for mr t because what he knows is he's short like yeah do you know what i mean like he's not he's not that cartoonishly short like when he squares off against piper piper kind of you know leans over like he doesn't like straighten up his back to show that i'm six feet tall and i'm clearly like four to five inches taller than this guy but it must have been a weird thing where it's like he must he you think he was nervous i think he was i don't know was he nervous he was going to be exposed or was he certain that he could defend himself i think he was nervous he was going to get exposed and he so he just took that out of like because he kept trying to walk out of the event he tried to keep making where he was um, he he could feel comfortable. Or they would kick him off? Yeah, like he just didn't want to do it and he just wanted to get out of it, get out of it. Like after they hosted Saturday Night Live, he was talking about like, oh, they're not treating me right. When he got to the garden, they wouldn't let in his 20 guests and Hogan himself had to walk out and like talk to the guest guy and be, or the, death, the gate guy and be like, you have to let him in. He almost drove away. Like there were so many fucking things that could have fucking gone wrong. And then basically, this is the thing though. I looked for it way too late, but I really wanted to find like a Mr. T talking about his experience with WrestleMania because it's only wrestlers talking about Mr. T and saying there doesn't really seem to be one. He it's one of those ones where he has admitted that he had a bit of he had a bit of an ego and stuff like that at that time period. I that's why for sure he did. That's why I think it was just it was nerves and it, it was nerves and you are right in that. I guarantee Piper got in his... I guarantee the reason why Piper doesn't like him is Mr. T was an actor and this is exposing the business in a way that Piper was told not to do. Because Piper... This is Mr. T's life. Um, I'm a bouncer and now I'm really rich and I'm famous for the rest mm -hmm. of my life. This is Roddy Piper's life. 
Every day your dad beats you up and calls you names. And then when you're 13, you kiss a girl. That girl is a different color than your dad feels is acceptable. You no longer have a family and now you're homeless and you get into fake fighting. And Pat Patterson basically tries to turn you into his pleasure toy. You avoid that. Meet a man named Don Owen and then basically go around the world pretending to beat people up but actually trying to do it and doing more cocaine than is humanly possible you end up in new york and the third thing you do is concuss someone you know murdered his wife <laughs> but this is mr t at this point is he's on the a team uh rocky three was in 1982 that it rose 270 million dollars yeah and the a team and the A-Team was one of the biggest shows on television. Like, the A-Team was a fucking yeah. phenomenon. And so that's why I still stand by the fact that I think that all of this came from jealousy from Roddy's part, and it got into Mr. T's head. Again, they were there to fucking horseshoe up their ass. All of that publicity of Stossel and Belser comes at the exact right time of it's stuff to write about. So they're saying wrestling, 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 wrestling. The building, The business wasn't exposed enough, so it didn't. Looked like it was a problem. Both of the situations, an argument could be made that Stossel and Belzer were being the fucking assholes. And then to top it off, they host Saturday Night Live, which in New York, in the New York area, at least at that time, was a behemoth. And it's again, they hosted Saturday Night Live in the like, Lauren Michaels doesn't like talking about this. But some of the most financially successful years and rating successful years of that show were when Eddie Murphy was the star or when it was Billy Christopher, Christopher Guest, and Martin Short under Dick Ebersol, because in those years, they didn't um, do all the sketches live and write the sketches that week. They mixed it in with pre-recorded sketches that were a bit more high concept that meant you could edit them so they were of a higher quality. So they then were seen by a shitload of people on a really cool television show, and then the next night, all they were doing was plugging WrestleMania, 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 WrestleMania. So people wake up the next day, they go... Fuck it. Let's walk to the movie theater and watch this fucking thing. Yeah, of course. It's the best build to an, a wrestling event we I've ever heard of on this program. Like, it's the... Everything... But it also came together pretty perfectly. And, like, this kitschy, silly thing, which is what Piper obviously was mad at. Because, like, when you're bullied as a kid, and then everyone in the mainstream media is essentially bullying you all over again, you want to get your fucking revenge. And the only guy from the mainstream that Roddy Piper can get his fucking hands on is Mr. T who's in the ring with. Yeah. I think that's way more of what it is where it's everyone's making fun of you in that little snide remark. You're fucking fake anyway. And Piper can't do what people would do now, which is basically like, uh, now you would just do a nine minute long promo about how everyone's a piece of shit and name names and stuff. But because it didn't, because it, didn't everything doesn't hinge on every event now like everything hinged on his event so him keeping it between the lines of talking about hogan and mr t and all that shit i think was great and he's the greatest heel of all time maybe like oh yeah he's also knew what he needed to do to make sure that that drew money because you have to remember he's already he's pissed the office off he refused to do a job for hogan this needs mm -hmm. to fucking work and the way we're talking about this backwards we'll talk about the rest of the event after the break let's just quickly talk about the main event the main event from start to finish, is fucking amazing. It's so different in that it's it's that you slowly get music in the entrances throughout. It's the only time both opponents have music. The way that fucking Orndorff and Roddy Piper come out is they are surrounded by the NYP. There, a band comes out 
Jesse and Gorilla are basically like, okay, here we fuck, like strap the fuck in, here we fucking go. As everyone who listens to the show knows, I love a big fight atmosphere in wrestling. Also, no one else has music on the on the event except for uh, Wendy Richter. Uh, that's not true. Uh, the U.S. Express has music. Um, uh, the JYD has music. And oh, JYD has music. Yeah. Yeah. It, it on the night the music by the by the way, what was the U.S. Express's music? Born in the USA. Real American, baby. Born in the USA was not used at WrestleMania. It was Rick Derringer's uh, I Am a Real American because Mr. T and Hulk Hogan, uh, Hulk Hogan was using Eye of the Tiger at the time. That's funny because I watched the. I, I must have just watched an overdub yeah, you watched, of uh, WrestleMania. Yeah, I watched it too because I remember it as a kid being like, that's so cool. Because the JYD's music was um, Another One Bites the Dust. Mm. And he would dance in time to it. It was hot. But yeah, so it slowly built. And it's also, Wendy Richter came out to Girls Just Want to Have Fun. Um, so yeah, so the main event, both wrestlers come out to music. The way that they walk is fucking arrogant as shit. The way that they're acting, the celebrities involved give it this fucking like weird carnival circus atmosphere. But you're like, what the fuck is going on? It's fucking exciting. The pace is really good. They all make Mr. T look fucking amazing. The way that Mr. T gets aggression is all through traditional wrestling holds. So it's basically like this guy has been taught the bare bones, but he's always at risk of being overrun, which they do. They basically use him like fucking Ricky Morton, but he can't sell. And then Hogan is Robert Gibson. Only both of his eyes look the correct way. And yes, quickly, let's run through the celebrities. Billy Martin is the uh, special guest ring announcer. Uh, he is clearly fucking drunk. Um, and yeah, Billy Martin, a famous drunkard, former manager of the New York Yankees. He was fired. He's been he, one of the few managers to be fired during more than one game. During the game. Yep. Um, Liberace. Yeah, he was fired like eight times by uh, Steinbrenner George, or something. George Steinbrenner, yeah. They uh, basically they filmed promos for it, and they just found him in a bar in Florida and had to uh, write down the wrestlers' names on a piece of paper and get him sunglasses because he was too fucked up to remember anything. Yeah, baby. The Rockettes were there. Muhammad Ali was there. Liberace, of course. Apparently, Liberace was the best guy to work with just because he totally got what his role was oh. and what he was supposed to do. It's also, you see, Liberace also way more knows how to play to the crowd in that he has his own little bell that he keeps ringing at the beginning and then at the end. That is, oh, it's fucking awesome. Also, Liberace, I can't believe this. Vince McMahon's facelift is worse than Liberace's, and Liberace looks <laughs> insane. And Liberace. Yeah, well, and Liberace also got that facelift when we weren't born yet, and now we're middle-aged. Uh, you are middle-aged. I'm going to live to 100. I'm in my, technically, I'm in my adolescence. <laughs> um, uh, would you like to reveal the fun fact about Hulk Hogan and Liberace, or would you like me to do it? Let's do this, and then we'll go to break. So Hulk Hogan didn't want Liberace in his dressing room because, and this is from his own autobiography, he thought he would get... AIDS. Yeah, he thought his ja Liberace's jacket would give him AIDS. Bear in mind, this was not written in 1985 <laughs> when they didn't know anything about AIDS. This was written in 2003 because I read the book then, and I did remember that of him being like, oh, I don't like AIDS, bro. You're like, holy fucking shit, man. Don't give me your jacket, dude. I don't want to get AIDS, brother. Bro, don't give me AIDS, bro. Uh, so, uh, quick summation. Main event, amazing. Oh, again, he... Put all the right people in the right places for this to be an absolute success. And 
He built it around. So in wrestling, Hulk Hogan looks like this is who the show is built around. So if you're a new fan, you're thinking about being a fan, you're like, fuck me, that Hulk Hogan guy is cool. For a look see audience, he has Mr. T, who is the perfect celebrity, as you said, adds credibility to it, but can be made to look good by the other wrestlers. And he has the best heels in Orndorff, um, Ace Cowboy, Bob Orton, and, uh, and Roddy Piper. And they even end carrying the storyline forward in that Orndorff is left in the ring by Ace and Roddy Piper and helped by Hulk Hogan, and Orndorff tries to fight them. Slowly, maybe, will Orndorff see the light? We'll have to tune in next week to find out. Also, interesting fact, does not end with the pose. There's a brief pose with Snooker, nope. Mr. T, and Hulk Hogan, and then they go and give an interview with Mean Gene Okerlund. So, yeah, th- this is this is another very important thing was where Piper does not take the pin, Orndorff takes the pin when... Ace Orton accidentally clubs him. He gets pinned. And Roddy Piper immediately knocks out Pat Patterson, who is the referee, which, you know, Vince McMahon's taking something seriously when the referee is fucking Pat Patterson, his mm-hmm. number two man, and throws up the fucking uh, salute and leaves the arena without, like, kind of, like, untouched, where it's like, live, the villain gets away, lives to fight another day. Classic fucking... Batman from the 60s booking <laughs> like yeah, it's also which is even, something they just never really did before or after it was always Hogan double stamp erase it beat the villain never like this and honestly it shows a lot of foresight on their part because Hogan's one of his next feuds is King Kong Bundy and what does King Kong Bundy do he murders special delivery Jones in nine seconds on the undercard and special delivery Jones is over his shit this is the other thing this, as I said last week, this fucking arena loves pro wrestling. Every single baby face is over. Yeah, but we're going to talk more about the event afterwards. Uh, everything Dylan said was fucking accurate. Let's take a break because I've spilled ink all over my table and I need to clean that up and then we'll come back and talk. Yeah, I was wondering what all the clanking was. It's very good. Yeah, I, it's li- it's all over my hands and all, o- uh, uh, all over uh, my table. So I need to clean that up real quick and then we will talk about the undercard. YOLO. All right. Bye, guys. See you in, for you, less than a minute. Oh, hi, everyone. I think you're all wondering, does Dylan use condoms? No. And that's why you need to donate to Patreon, because he has a lot of children his wife doesn't know about. I am the king. I coined the phrase, risky cream pie. (laughs) And you need to give to Patreon to help my maybe there's a baby fund. Patreon.com backslash wrestler review. If you don't want to do that, uh, you're a fucking loser. But if you're still a fucking loser and you're okay with that, rate us on iTunes. It does help with the algorithms for old fucking uh, Steve Slobs' goddamn Apple things. So rate us on iTunes, rate us on SoundCloud, rate us in real life, 1 to 10. Here's a hint we're both 10s. Yeah, we're back. Dylan, th- first thoughts on the opening of wrestling. Ooh, ooh, yeah. Chunkies opening of WrestleMania one. What do you think of that opening that they did? I now forget it because I watched it three days okay, ago. Okay, so it's basically just a bunch of, and at the time it was very high tech, which is it's a bunch of images of New York, and then all of the wrestlers, and then it cuts to basically Gorilla Monsoon and Jesse the Bond Body Ventura, who then will throw it to Alfred Hayes, who then throws it to Mean Gene Okerlund, and this is absolutely Vince McMahon's this is Vince McMahon's promotional genius he knows there's a lot of people watching that have never watched wrestling before or haven't watched it in forever they don't Mm -hmm. know the talent and they he knows that he has a hot crowd in that building so he basically sets up this thing where 
The commentators will constantly be explaining the rules of the event and what's going on. He then throws to a very nervous sexual predator, Al Lord Alfred Hayes, who is reading from the WrestleMania program. He's literally going, this is what's coming up next. And before we get to that, we will now have an interview with both of the competitors so you can see who each of them are. They have about 30 seconds to say um, their, like, give their vibe basically to Mean Gene. And then they go, then you cut back to the ring and they walk out. Yeah, this is another thing I don't think they do in wrestling is they assume now that everyone is already a fan and they never just quickly go over the rules of anything unless it's a brand new match. Like, they used to just read off the rules of the Royal Rumble every single time they did the Royal Rumble, and now they don't. They're just like, it's well, the Royal Rumble. The Figure it out. The reason why they don't do that isn't also that. It's also the WWF is so fast and loose with the rules. The, the w, WWE has basically become two th year 2000 WCW, which is it's a cage match. Then it's in disqualification because fuck you. That's why. Yeah, that's another, yeah, the uh, cage match DQ, obviously, that happened earlier this year. But this is really like, they're they're juggling so many new performers at the same time as well, which is something I don't think that gets talked mm. about very much, where it's like, certainly Muhammad Ali has done wrestling before and kind of knows his way around. Billy Martin is, by all accounts, like nine 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 shades wasted like he's so fucked up um all liberace has to do is sit there and then ring a bell obviously they have seasoned performers but they ju juggling everyone doing rather than having all these old pros go out is pretty like that's that's another thing i don't think anyone really talks but about. i disagree with the old pros they absolutely perfectly scatter and season the show with people you would recognize the and we texted about this bruno san martino and david san martino holy fucking shit so basically there's a match um between uh brutus beefcake and uh david san martino and it's a nothing match and you realize why it's they don't have much of a reaction is the entire crowd is just staring at bruno san martino waiting for him to do something. Johnny Valiant hits David yeah. San Martino and the place goes fucking batshit. This is the thing where it's like there's stuff clearly there for wrestling fans. So this is how basically it shakes down is a lot of people there are wrestling fans like in the arena and everyone watching on closed circuit they think are yeah, new to wrestling. Is that's how the show is booked because the first up to the main event is basically booked specifically for wrestling and it's, fans. It's booked for wrestling fans. It's also every match is different in terms of pace, in terms of variety. They're planting seeds for the next year. Even like having Special Delivery Jones, who was like the bit, he was the Brooklyn brawler of the early 80s, but beloved, getting the absolute shit mm -hmm. kicked out of him by King Kong Bundy. Fucking, the place goes fucking like silent with shock. Also, by the way, was not nine seconds, was 24 seconds because... Oh, no. Yeah, not even close to nine seconds. The thought seconds. Is, is that S.T. Jones... Because S.T. Jones took too long a couple of times, and the thought is he did that on purpose to because he did not want to actually lose to King Kong Bundy that decisively and was just kind of fucking with him. Well, that's the other thing, too, is you see this on a lot on these shows, is that most people, when they lose clean, kick out at three. Yes, they do. That. Like, no one does, like, a fucking... Straight up, super callow versus 
Scott Hall job. No one's ever jobbed out like super callow, the greatest jobber in the history of mankind. But like no one just like lies flat one, two, three, and then they lay there. Yeah. Like no one does that. They all kick out at three. Sheik, when he wins the title, when he loses the title, kicks out at three. Everyone kicks no, out right at three. No one does the... So does Lalani Kai as well. When she loses the title, she kicks out right yeah, no at three. No one does right a, a big show at the, the WCW pay-per-view Hogwild where Hogan hits him with the belt and he lies in the ring for 15 minutes. Yeah. Hogwild. Funniest name for a pay-per-view. Yeah, and also weirdest <laughs> tattoo on my body. Penis crazy. No, I want. I like the name penis crazy, but I want it just a bit different. How about cock hungry? <laughs> no. Hog wild. Yeah. We got it. Oh. The imagine the idea of hog, and then they were pissed. They were like, we can't call it hog wild anymore because <laughs> Harley Davidson yeah. filed a claim. <laughs> Harley Davidson sued them and won. I love every wrestling lawsuit in the in the Attitude Era, Monday Night Wars era, is phenomenal. <laughs> Sonny Ono's racial uh, discrimination lawsuit is the best. Um, you guys are really racist, and WCW's claim is like, yeah, to non-white people. What's wrong with that? <laughs> Andre the Giant versus Big John Stud was an interesting watch, just because I knew how much Andre hated Big John Stud. And Big John Stud, let me tell you this: of the people who are a bit older than me who watched wrestling during this period, they all remember and love Big John Stud. Here's it's the very one thing: I was watching that, and all I could think is, I have a more toned upper body than Big John Stud. <laughs> but you're not like what is he? He's probably like yeah, six, six seven, seven six, or something. Eight, like, but like. He doesn't look like he goes to a gym. He looks like he he does a lot of like he does a lot of sipping from a cocktail throughout the afternoon. This is the thing where you noticed on this show where like the heels, the really like shitty fucking heels on this show, the scary guys. Matt Bourne, uh, let's say maybe even Greg Valentine, let's say Big John Sud, all of them just look like hipsters yeah, now. Yeah, also like Matt Bourne just looks like a kooky yeah, waiter. Matt Bourne but th back then it was like, oh, he has a beard yeah. and long hair. Oh, I'm going to cry. cry and condomlessly fuck your daughter. Quickly, get a gun. <laughs> he's going he's gonna to bareback because he yeah. loves to. He doesn't get, He has no regard to the rules of polite society. He probably smokes jazz cigarettes and knows and has memorized the, fo the phone number of a black chap. The energy... The the energy that Greg Valentine has, because that's all I can think about, is that's the only time I've ever seen Greg Valentine actually has pep and vinegar and delivers a promo that isn't, uh, well, um, here to win. So the weird thing about this is this is Roddy Piper. Uh, I don't know if he's coke crazy at this point, but it might be. I wouldn't say he's coke crazy, but he's definitely coke. He's coke enjoying. He's enjoying a bit of blow here. When, so when the match was over, this is all from Roddy Piper's words, uh, Mr. T and Hogan were whisked off to a celebration function that had been pre-planned. So Ace and I shower, dress, go back to our limos. Notice how old school they are. They did not hang out with Orndorff after the match. And there were no cars. We walked down to the ramp. The only thing I see to protect there is one policeman and a horse. I'd had death threats, and the crowd in New York was pretty wild. So we called a Butch Cassidy. So we pulled a Butch Cassidy and Sundance Kid, opened the door, ran through the crowd, jumped in a cab, and aggressively told the driver to go. To this day, I don't think it was a misunderstanding. Somebody, I'm not sure who, because there were a lot of cooks in the kitchen, wanted to take a shot at me. We were up there on purpose because I didn't cooperate. And it caused a lot of tension with me and the WWF. While Hogan and Mr. T were in the Rainbow Room getting their picture taken, we went to the Ramada and it was just another night like we worked in Poughkeepsie. Yeah, but again, I, I want to point out, 
you yes, I I think that Roddy's working a little bit in that kayfabe was still alive and well, and Vince was still respecting it. He wasn't going to have if Roddy Piper showed up at the Rainbow Room. Here's one of two things that happen: either Hogan and him have to fight because that's what's going on, or Roddy does three fat lines and then goes time to fucking shoot, brother, and then him and Cowboy Bob Orton just start beating up waiters. Like there, I see his poor Mister T. Or Mr. T. Like, there's, I see his point. Just make no mistake, this guy fucking hated Mr. T for, yeah, for the reasons we outlined in the opening. Yeah, they taped, they they made it so it was harder for him to punch him during the boxing match they have at WrestleMania 2. Like, they are well aware that fucking Roddy doesn't like the guy, so they go out of his way to make it so he doesn't like the guy. Like, it's, they... I yeah, see Roddy's course. point. Roddy's also just sort of, it's that lens of what it is is they didn't arrange cars for Roddy Piper and someone probably was just like, we don't fucking need this guy anymore. We've got it made in the shade, which I guarantee is true and is a huge mistake. They did need, they do need and did need that type of guy. They could really use a someone as committed to being a piece of shit as Roddy Piper right now in the WWF. Yeah, you can always use a guy who's that talented. I think that Piper makes himself in this event for sure um but i also think that they don't realize it's just chapter one but vince always had the villain just be vanquished that was how he was raised to book like hogan is bruno san martino it's not like you see fucking any of the superstar billy graham isn't on this card do you know what i mean like he keeps the baby faces around because he wants his product to be like a feel-good saturday morning tv show he wants it to be way more of like the the hero wins and the villain is vanquished so roddy piper even if he is the best villain is just one of many you You know like spider-man has 30 villains he doesn't have just fucking dr octopus if you count WrestleMania 1 is the beginning of the McMahon quote-unquote era of booking, which it's earlier, but this is the... The bad guy has won twice. Miz, Triple H. That's it. I mean, I'd have to look at the numbers on that, but yeah. Who else? I don't know offhand. I do. It's that. I I don't think any other heel, any other person... People have not been... I feel like we're going to get an angry email from someone who's right fucking a fucking... Just, ha- I know, but people are like, well, John Cena just was... Just like, ah, yeah, da, da, da. John Cena- Not even a tweet, an email. This Twitter can't handle how fucking angry oh, you know, I am. know, by the way, that when we said something wrong, when they send us an e- I think you'll find you're a fucking idiot. <laughs> um, no, the, the ending of it's very interesting. The way that that is done, I could see Roddy's sensitivity to it, but also Roddy also really enjoys not liking any promoter of any wrestling organization with the exception of Don Owens. Like he kind of goes out of his way to be like, yeah, Vince Vince uh, was using a toilet and he knew that I had to pee and he intentionally shit. So well, Roddy's also the new guy. They bring him in for the WrestleMania 1 push essentially. He does a great job, gets himself super over very very quickly, does the biggest match in the history of wrestling to that point. The most important match, certainly, in the history of wrestling to that point. And then they try and jettison him. Of course he'd be angry. He did all this work, and then they're going to try and fucking throw him away before he can make the balance of the money. And he doesn't get the big party, and he doesn't get the merch. And it doesn't work for them, by the way. The other thing to remember is they try and fucking jettison him. It It doesn't go in their favor. Yeah, it does not work. They need him. 
Yeah, he becomes he's huge. He's a huge like we're gonna talk about fucking eighty five to eighty six. Then we're gonna talk about of course eighty seven. Like by eighty seven, he's a huge baby. Yeah. Anyway, the, 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 let's talk about the fallout of WrestleMania. There's one, uh, before they, there's we one more match we, best we, and we worst. just need to talk about yep. in the main card, and then we'll talk about the fallout. Uh, Wendy Richter, Leilani Kai, Fabulous Moolah. Again, same principle as San Martino. This is someone that, that that territory, that audience is recognized as Fabulous Moolah seconding Leilani Kai. Wendy Richter has that match. Wendy Richter, like in a weird sort of decisive um, way beats Leilani Kai and that crowd goes fucking crazy. I did not realize, I always thought like, oh, they tried to make Wendy Richter um, big, but it never worked. Wendy Richter was fucking over like Rove. That crowd goes fucking bananas for her. They were so fucking excited and seem genuinely surprised she wins the belt. Yeah, and well, this is understand. This a, It's a pretty cool finish that they don't really do anymore. They do a crossbody and then a rollover into Wendy Richter pinning her, which... But that's the whole, this is the weird thing where it's like, this is the way they did women's divisions up until recently where it's like, they, they pick one woman and then they try and, oh, the fabulous Moolah is the champion. This is literally how they always, they did it three times they tried to start women's divisions all the same way. The fabulous Moolah is the champion. Okay, cool. And then you have one woman, be it Alondra Blaze, Wendy Richter, or uh, the late 90s, I forget who. Yeah, let's say Tristratus. And then... They beat a senior citizen, and you're supposed to be like, whoa, how impressive is this new... Whereas you're just pretending there was women's wrestling, which there wasn't women's wrestling for four or five years before this. Like, which is... So any thing they're doing with Wendy Richter to try and like any way that she's not as over as Hogan or not as owner as Bruno, who I think are the two most over people on this show are Hogan and Bruno. Um, maybe Mr. T. I mean, I'm going to say cheer. Most cheered people are like... Mr. T, Hogan, and Bruno. Andre, Andre's um, in there. Andre's, it's per- Andre's in there for sure. She's one of the stars on the show, and you've just built something from the ground up. A lot of that is for sure, like, Cindy Lauper is there, right in their corner, which is a lot of it. But Wendy Richter was the first person to main event a cable show for the WWF, because that was the fucking battle to settle the score. Which I'm sure I'm getting the name wrong. The war to settle the score. The battle to settle the score. The disagreement to resolve. No, it was no. The war to settle the score. There was the, there was the brawl to settle it all, and then the war to settle the score. Brawl to settle it all, and the war to settle the score. And then, of course, this what this show. They really like the word settle. Yeah, what this show was, of course, almost called, colossal tussle. No, it wasn't. We didn't talk about that. You fucking idiot. Everyone fucking talks about that. Who gives a shit? It was going to be called the ass festival. This is going to be called Show Me Where Your Milk Comes yeah, From. Show Me Where The Wrestling Show. Show Me Where Babies Feed. Um, <laughs> the first unveiling of the taint. Welcome to A Man Gets a Rim Job in the Middle of the Ring. My name is Vince. <laughs> <laughs> Andre the Giant for three hours trying to suck his own dick. <laughs> the wrestling event. Mr. T is there. Mark Muhammad Ali is there. Liberace is there. <laughs> Oh, fuck me. So, here's the result. The first WrestleMania grossed between 4 and $6 million. The AP Associated Press reported it was seen by over 1 million people on closed-circuit television. People were having 4 to $6 million in a day. So, he settled all of the debts and made a shitload of money in a day. Yeah. This all paid off. It was really like... 
this is the bank robbery that fucking worked. This is Ocean's Eleven, baby. They got the diamond. So firstly, it did two major things. Personal level for over a decade. <laughs> Vince McMahon finally, finally got his big closed circuit event that went well. And it was proof of concept for pay-per-view, as we'll be talking about in WrestleManias to come. Not a lot of people had the capability to get pay-per-view. I remember in our house, we didn't have the capability to get pay-per-view. I would have to like go to people's houses to watch a wrestling pay-per-view. Um because you couldn't just get it off basic cable, obviously. You needed a box. It's not like now where it's like if you have a computer, you can watch anything. And I don't mean just for free on YouTube. I mean like you can if you have a computer and access to the internet, or even if you just go to the library, you can then just if you're an idiot, put your credit card into the computer at the library and pay for the thing and you watch yeah, the thing. If you want to be definitely have your identity stolen and also be the weirdest man in the world, uh yes, hello, I there is a wrestler. Uh, uh, they're doing money in the bank, and I like to watch it with people, so I'll be watching it here at this library. <laughs> but also, I think that I think all right. So we'll do best and worst, and I really think that the best thing about this is Mr. T because I think that as far as the timing of when they get Mr. T involved in wrestling, it could not have been better. This is in the middle of the A team being popular. This is, of course, three years after Rocky Three. Mr. T is the main thing that makes this successful. Everyone else makes it good. I think it was Roddy Piper, Hulk Hogan, Mr. T, and I think Roddy Piper and Mr. T were probably the most important parts. Hulk Hogan, of course, does an amazing job. There's like in the main event when Hogan is squaring off against Piper, he does an amazing thing where he's standing there and then people start chanting Mr. T and he just pretends that he doesn't hear it and then he stops looks at everybody and lets the chants keep rising and really plays that moment for a good 15 to 20 seconds where I could just see a lot of wrestlers going oh you want Mr. T in here's Mr. T like he kind of like let the crowd realize they wanted something rather than pointing at Mr. T and going, do you want him in the ring? And then it comes uh, across as like, uh, he's playing the crowd really obviously. Like he just plays what a really great performer and a racist piece of shit. Hulk Hogan is, he might be the, he might be the best artistic racist other than, uh, Mel Gibson or Hitler. Okay. Yeah. Well, you're really a big fan of Hitler's paintings. I would say That's big good fan, but you know, fan. Not an original, but you've got a reprint. I like an Austrian nut landscape. I'm not going to lie. Um. <laughs> hey, man. No one's saying those rolling hills aren't beautiful. Uh, and if they are, they're a liar. Um, <laughs> I will say this. Uh, in a similar vein, I will say the best thing about this program is the use of established New York stars to pop the audience and keep the energy up. Like Bruno, Andre, Mula. It's so fucking, like, woo, exciting. And then also... All these territory stars that have just left the territories and then are all advertised on this show so all the people in those places can be like, I'm in New Orleans. I want to see the JYD. He's not at Bob fucking Bill Watts's fucking stupid barn. Oh, he's at this nice movie theater I can go watch and I won't be stabbed? Great. Let's go. Yeah, this is very much the Super Bowl of wrestling because it is the stars up and down the card in a way that they can't do now because this would be like if... Everyone watched the indies and they could just get every indies champion 
on a card and they treated them as champions. This is kind of like what they could do if for some reason Vince would have signed like AJ Styles and then signed this is of course pre-debut instead of having them debut just on TV for a big pop you debut them all at one event so all those pops are condensed and they just obviously wouldn't have that before because you have year-long television like you need to keep interest throughout the year you don't have one show or two shows yeah, that you're it doing it would be like if the young year. bucks and Kenny Omega and Cody had ended up signing back with the WWE and were given that supposed creative control and they all showed up a week before WrestleMania or just a word got out they'll all be at WrestleMania that would maybe be the way to do it but there's nothing to really correlate Dylan worse there's no way this will ever happen again there's too much there's an expectation of too much content Dylan worst thing about the Re- WrestleMania 1 I, I mean, people will say the wrestling, but to me, this just looks like wrestling. A lot of working the back of the neck. No one goes to the top rope until Wendy Richter and the semi-main. The wrestling is also, I got to tell you, way more, like, for the most part, I found the wrestling more exciting and more interesting than watching fucking Raw right now. Like, I find it more original and more unique. Yeah, how messy, I think it's like everyone's too good now. Like how messy things look makes it look more real and fun. Everyone has their own different way of selling. Everyone has their own different way of doing moves. And, you know, I mean, not everyone has to be super athletic. I mean, now, obviously, the athleticism is through the roof compared to where it is here. Like the most athletic guy on the show is Mr. T. uh, Ricky. I mean, no, it's Ricky Steamboat. Mr. T. That's the order. (laughs) <laughs> Mr. T, by the way, is ripped the fuck up. I say, I don't know who, I don't know what the worst thing on the show is. Maybe that Hulk Hogan thought he would get AIDS that's, from that's Liberace. What I was that's probably say. The, the worst thing, thing about this show is that at some point in the daytime, Liberace was walking down the hallway and Hulk, what's up, dude? Let me just say this, dude. I can't lose weight, dude. You got the virus? <laughs> Do you have the virus, brother? You have to tell me that's the law, dude. Let me tell you, all the little Hulkamaniacs can't get AIDS, bro. The other thing is, the worst thing about this is the celebrity popping the crowd because this would be a well that Hobson pointed this out in the research and it's true is every time there has been a real issue and he needs to pop a crowd, he will rely on celebrity. And that is true. Yeah, and you can't go home again. You can't do the same thing twice. I mean, he's gotten a lot of very, very good results. I think the best result, of course, with a celebrity is The Rock because The Rock became the world's biggest celebrity and he was already a wrestler. And that is, you you need to pick your spots with this type of stuff. Absolutely. Dylan's nailed it in one. And also, by the way, Rob Gronk. Go ahead. Rob Gronkowski uh, was maybe the funniest thing in the world where it's like they fired 20 people, signed Gronkowski, and now Gronkowski's playing football again, which is... I mean, I can't believe I, I don't I actually don't know how that's happening in the lockdown. Like, is he just like, ah, uh, yeah. How is it happening in lockdown that he's playing? Football? Yeah, like he just they, I guess they the uh, season starts in. So September. they're just assuming there's going to be a season in September that those people are going to be able to. Play. This is football, buddy. There's going to yeah, be a season. You make a very good point. It's been like the deaths as of this podcast for COVID-19. The deaths worldwide have just surpassed 200,000 people. We are about five months into this disease that they don't have a vaccination for. And they're realistically saying about 
a year from now is the earliest possible they could have a vaccination the fastest they've ever gotten a vaccination for a disease was the mumps and that was four years just to put that in perspective and there's no way they're just going to experiment with herd immunity like there's no way millionaires aren't going to want to become billionaires and billionaires and someone's going to want to become the world's first trillionaire and it's going to be jeff bezos baby and that's going to turn out that's going to fucking scare a lot of people and uh make a lot of people who own football teams very mad. oh yeah if jeff bezos becomes a trillionaire jerry jones is going to burn a kid alive oh he's going to this like i don't know if you guys have civic pride in where you're from if you do congratulations uh i think it's unavoidable at certain points but wherever you're from will be named of uh, just whatever product sells best on amazon in that region in five I mean, years uh, like, that is <laughs> jeff bezos is <laughs> jeff Be- like i'm gonna live in uh bezos too that'll be hopefully toronto will be called bezos too in i 100 percent disagree with dylan because the thing is is jeff bezos has played the pr of this totally wrong um and no matter what happens when we come out of this at some point and this is something the americans love doing because it's a great way to make a shitload of money and also uh reset and regrow your economy is they love having a bunch of congressional and senate subcommittees to investigate anyone that profited over a disaster smash the, and the punishment usually is to smash the company into a bunch of pieces and it resets and redistribute redistributes all the wealth back out partially to the government into districts and then it starts over again it happened after world war ii happened after world war one it will happen after this and jeff bezos will be target fucking number one because every buddy he made he made 75 billion dollars doesn't fucking mad the the u.s government is totally fine being like fuck it buddy he's gonna be on peter Thiel's island we're gonna have to fucking fight him (laughs) all right so thanks very much for listening guys yeah and peter Thiel, if you're out there i respect i respect you (laughs) (laughs) please do not sue us the official podcast of peter teal please be a sponsor of this podcast peter teal please do not sue us we think you're a good man gawker had it coming gawker had it coming peter teal all hail teal 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 thanks very much for listening guys Thank you very, very much for listening. You can catch us on Twitter and Instagram at Wrestler Review. Of course, we're on Patreon, patreon.com backslash Wrestler Review. We have the Haku episode, which I said would be up last Tuesday. But of course, Howard Finkel happened. So we put that episode up on the main feed for you guys. So next Tuesday, we will have the Haku episode up on our Patreon feed for our lovely subscribers. Just five bucks gets you a whole ton of episodes and early access to these episodes. Uh, we'll do Instagram lives every Tuesday and Thursday, uh, 3 p.m. Eastern time, Tuesday and Thursday. Listen to us on Instagram live. That's, of course, at Wrestler Review. John, what were you going to say? Suck my ass. Suck our ass, suck our butts, suck our toes. <laughs> oh, no, not the toes. Goodbye. Oh, the toes, especially. Take care of the toes.